With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to The Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. It is a Monday and a lot to talk about live in Los Angeles. It's the Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening, thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong, plenty of both. J-Mac, De'Aaron Fox coming out party. He's been a very good player for years, but... We don't talk about guys who are great in the regular season. You make your legacy in the postseason. Wow. You think the Warriors are in trouble? I do, Colin. But it's tough for me to focus on the NBA playoffs with the NFL draft a few days away. The chaos already starting this morning. (laughs) So let's start this. I do feel like I'm watching the Western Conference Finals with the Kings and the Dubs. Two highly skilled teams. Both have enforcers. Both have superstar point guards. Both have veteran coaches. Uh, It's a a heavyweight fight. It makes all the other teams feel a little slow and all the other series look a little unskilled. Milwaukee's old and athletic. The Celtics are good. Are they special? Knicks are doing it with defense. You know, the Lakers are crossing their fingers that LeBron and AD will stay healthy. Uh, Kings dubs is different. It, it feels like the Western Conference Finals. A couple years ago in the NFL, AFC specifically, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, and, and Josh Allen played. It was just a divisional round game. They had a combined seven touchdowns, no interceptions, threw for 700 yards, led their respective teams in rushing. It was one for the ages. And this feels similar, where you got your Steph Curry and your Mahomes, who's got a trophy or two, right? And then you got this understudy who just is a jaw-dropping talent, De'Aaron Fox and Josh Allen. And again, De'Aaron, a lot of guys in this league are great on a Tuesday in the regular season in Orlando. You make your mark in the postseason, and the Warriors threw Draymond Green at De'Aaron Fox. It slowed him down just enough to win. But being in Sacramento, the combination of it's a very small market and it's on the West Coast, 
you get lost very easily. Loser in this is going to be the NBA fans because one of these teams is going home in a week. I went and looked at the box score this morning. Both teams shot over 47%. Both teams shot at least 40% from three-point land. Both were brilliant at the line. Both had 44 rebounds. The assists, the fast break points, the points in the paint, all even. It's an absolute coin flip. I feel like I'm watching the dynastic warriors and the baby warriors. I feel like Sacramento can Golden State win one game on the road. And I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can. I feel like it's going to go seven. The advantage the Warriors have. Sacramento, and I've seen this a lot in my life, could get a little tight. Warriors have been there before. But uh, that thing yesterday is an absolute coin flip. It's the Western Conference Finals. It's the Bills, Chiefs in the divisional round. What a bummer. Both these teams can't keep playing another seven games after this seven games because you feel that's how long it will go. Here's Steve Kerr after. These games are uh, coming down to the the wire, and um, you just got to, you know, really finish possessions and, and try to give yourself the best chance. And then sometimes it's just, does the ball go in or not? Uh, That's what it came down to yesterday. Does the ball go in or not? All right, let's talk Lakers uh, and Grizzlies. Memphis right now looks like a really noisy fraud. They play chippy, they chirp, they hit you in the junk, and they trailed 35-9 at one point against the Lakers. 35-9. I feel like they're a mile from the title. Sacramento's young, but they feel like one good player away. Memphis is young, and they feel like two star players away. Um, The Lakers' maturity is on display. They're playing focused, mature basketball. They look like the two seed, and Memphis, the two seed, looks undisciplined. You know what happens is teams end up taking the personality of their star And the Lakers with LeBron look workmanlike. And with John, the Grizzlies, they look erratic and undisciplined. Sorry, but LeBron's not taking the bait. It's kind of embarrassing that that's Memphis's fastball. Dylan Brooks trying to get LeBron to take the bait. LeBron's been in this league so long. His rookie year, the number one song was In the Club by 50 Cent. You're trying to rattle that guy? Yeah, he's been around a while. I don't know if you've heard. LeBron's the all-time leading scorer. He's played 2,000 more minutes than any player in league history. He's got four rings. When LeBron broke into the league, Apple hadn't even started working on the iPhone. And this is your JV game plan. To have Dylan Brooks get LeBron James all worked up. You can do that with a lot of guys in this league. <laughs> not going to do that with LeBron James you got to have a better game plan than that. And again, young teams sometimes erode. Cleveland's getting pushed around a little bit like by the Knicks. Surprising, but it happens. Sacramento is in a dogfight against an older veteran team. It happens. Memphis is wilting in front of our eyes. Yes, John Morant's a dynamic, high-flying vertical star, but he's been erratic, and the team feels erratic all season long. Here's all you need to know about Memphis. When they were underdogs, when they were a road dog, they went 0 for 15. 11 of the 15 times they were a road dog, 
they lost by double digits. Memphis is the loudest guy in the bar. He's never the smartest or the toughest. He just wants you to think he is. This team doesn't have any fight. This team has to compensate for its lack of ability and scoring and expertise and skill, which Sacramento has tons of, by being loud and chippy. You're trying to get LeBron to go for the bait? (laughs) One of the smartest guys that's ever played it. Here's LeBron after another convincing win. This is not my first rodeo. I've, I've had this throughout my career with, you know, certain individuals, you know, it's easy. It's very easy if you want to. We won tonight. Let me not start. I don't want to start this. It's a lot. To, let me just. We won. You had a hell of a game, my boy. Yes, yes, you had a hell of a game. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> uh, nor should he. Again, I do think uh, you tend to become your star player. And, you know, Steph Curry can be a little wild at times, but he's flashy, skilled, and fun. That's what the Warriors are. De'Aaron Fox, young but very, very mature, uh, plays fast but under control. So do the Kings. Uh, LeBron James, workmanlike, focused, no nonsense, show up, deliver, go home to his family. It's exactly what the Lakers look like. And the Grizzlies, John Morant's a wildly gifted vertical talent, but he can be personally and his game a little erratic, and that's what the Memphis Grizzlies are. It's not about having a star in the NBA. It's about what star do you have? The Spurs with Tim Duncan. Again, mature, workmanlike. Miami teams in a flashy city with D. Wade. Workmanlike. Played real defense. Uh, Strategically, bit by bit, tore you apart. Uh, I'm just watching the Lakers and the Grizzlies here, and and I feel like LeBron is just like rolling his eyes at this stuff. You got to have a better game plan against the senior statesman in the NBA than let's get in LeBron's head. That ain't it, man. That is not going to work with LeBron James or a Michael Jordan at the end or a Kareem at the end. I don't know if it ever would have worked at LeBron. By the time he got to Miami, he lost to the Mavs. He came back that next year. He's kind of been a different player. Totally confident, totally focused, all about rings. Uh... But it's, it's nice to watch. These playoffs have not delivered a lot of surprises. Sands the Knicks. That one's been a bit of a surprise. But I think you're seeing what a lot of us expected to see. Very rarely do people, J-Mac and I were two of them, like the seven seed over the two seed. And I think this thing has basically played out as we thought. Memphis is young and chippy and chirpy, what you said all year long. But the guy that does that at the bar doesn't have much to, to bring beyond that. He's overcompensating. And I just don't think the Grizzlies have enough baskets. I don't. Um, oh, oh, LeBron was asked, do we have this bite? LeBron was asked if he wants to send a message to Memphis. I didn't make it me. What type of statement I made? Nah, I've been doing this too long. I'm, I'm, I'm making no statements. Uh, you know, we had an opportunity to come home and um, – Play well on our home floor, and we did that, you know. So, um, no statement was made. You know, we just uh, wanted to play well, and we got to got to win, and we want to try to do that in game four as well. But yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to make statements. <laughs> For the record, the New York crowd, the Laker crowd, 
the Warrior crowd. Some of these crowds in these NBA games have been insane. Uh, just, you know, anybody that bangs on the NBA, we have to come to terms with the regular season is different than the playoffs. You can absolutely flip a switch. But these playoffs so far, to watch those New York crowds, uh, even Atlanta last night, yesterday I watched that. It's just been so much fun to watch. So great. Great sports. And now it's draft week, so now we got something else. Now we have the most exciting time in America where people are basically just taking phone calls. It's the, uh, it, you know, watching somebody on a phone is not that interesting, except for three or four days called the NFL draft, which I can't wait for. And we got all sorts of rumors this morning on stuff happening. A lot of scuttlebutt, some gambling lines moving. But to uh, your point about the vibes in New York, Knicks fans are watching this Giannis injury very closely because all of a sudden, if the Bucks lose tonight and the Knicks are up 3 1 against the Cavs. Jalen Brunson going to the conference finals? Well, it's this, this is the one that surprised me that Cleveland is young, but I thought they had too many shot makers, and the Knicks defense has completely discombobulated the Cavalier mm-hmm. offense, just taken it out of its rhythm, out of its pick and rolls. And how about the Knicks down the stretch? Julius Randle not even on the floor, yeah, and they're still winning. Yeah. This team's deep and good. Yeah, a lot of athletes, a lot of length. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. It is a shame when J-Mac has to criticize Chris Paul He heard him and delivered. (laughs) Booker, KD, and Chris Paul look great. But the story of this series, because we both kind of thought the Suns would roll on this, although game one, they played very physical, did the Clippers. But then by game three and four, back to L.A., guess who's not available? Kawhi Leonard. 
Every crisis in every business eventually has a tipping point, and the Clippers have met theirs. We are year four of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I'd love to keep Paul George because I think he plays when he can. He's verbal. He talks to coaches. But Kawhi Leonard is 32. He's not going to become verbal and engaging and a great communicator and healthy it's time to move off Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers do so many things right. They've got a great head coach, excellent executives. I love their owner. He's one of the richest in the league. They're building a new arena. But in two seasons, Kawhi Leonard has played 27 home games. Folks, after a while, if you're getting the understudy on Broadway three or four nights, the understudy becomes the star, not the star. He's just not available. He's odd. He's not verbal. He doesn't communicate, I've been told, with coaches or players. This is who he is. And Los Angeles is a very distracted market. It's like a Chicago or a New York with better weather. People move on to the beach or the Dodgers or the L.A. Kings or USC football. Uh, or the Lakers in the same building, or the Rams, or the Chargers. People move on here and in big cities very quickly. There is no, I mean, they call it the Clipper curse. They don't have any equity in the market. They've almost always been bad. So here they finally get everything right, and Kawhi Leonard's not available. So Phoenix, KD was good. Devin Booker was good. Chris Paul's old, but he was pretty good. And they rolled and have seized control of the series. Uh, last week, we had Kevin O'Connor on the ringer on. And, you know, he has to cover this league and be in locker room, so it's not easy to say. But right now, the Kawhi experiment, it feels like a really bad investment. And Steve, Palmer, Steve Ballmer, owner of the Clippers, doesn't get taken to the cleaners very often, but for what he's paid and what he's invested, this is now a bad investment. 27 home games in two years. Here's Kevin O'Connor. If you're the Clippers and Steve Ballmer here, you get an arena opening up in 2024, a whole rebranding. You know, it's going to be this amazing fan-centric arena. Well, to have fans have a good product to enjoy, the players need to be on the court. And with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, these guys have missed so many games over the years since they moved everything to get those guys to go there. So if you're a Ballmer, I do think, Colin, you have to at least think about what big changes can we make to this franchise to make them an appealing team. So maybe for the Clippers, uh, a rebuild, a step back would be the best move forward if they don't feel like there's a path to championship contention there because those guys will be free agents that summer in 2024. Yeah, I think you got to move off Kawhi for sure. Maybe Paul George, although I would love to keep him because he does communicate when he plays. He's better than people give him credit for. He's great on both ends. He's a good guy. He's invested. But um, I applaud the big swing by the Clippers. Ballmer took a big swing to unseat the Lakers or a big brand, whether it's the Yankees, uh, you know, whatever it is, to unseat a big brand, you got to take a big swing. I mean, Mark Cuban and the Mavericks, they play in the same city as the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're taking big swings. I applaud it, but don't double down on it. Don't double down on Kyrie. Don't double down on Kawhi. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. My favorite part of that is, uh, when are you going to trade Kawhi? Like, who on earth wants that guy? You don't know what you're getting. 
You'd be renting a guy who may or may not show up. Think about people picked up John Wall's contract. I mean, Russell Westbrook, fifth team in five years. He's actually had a good series. Well, he plays hard, and he plays all the time. Yeah. As much as we bag on him. Guy tries hard. All right, let's start with Giannis, where there's a developing situation in Miami. Giannis has been out since game one. He took this nasty fall and uh, missed games two and three. He is coming back for game four, according to Sham Sharania. Uh, Bucks expect him to play. They need to even up the series. You know, Colin, last week I, I kind of laughed at you when you said, yeah, Duncan Robinson could step in for Miami. He had like five threes the other night. I was like, where is this coming from? The guy barely plays. Listen, all three of the games in the series have been blowouts, one way or the other. Yeah. And if Miami hits another 15, 23 pointers, all of a sudden, the Bucks are down 3-1. So I think Giannis is being forced back here. They can't lose this game, obviously. No, they're going to win this series. But listen, Milwaukee, I think you and I discussed this a couple, maybe a month ago. This is the last run of this Milwaukee team. Like, like Crowder, Ingles, Middleton. You're going to keep Giannis and Drew Holiday. Probably Brooke Lopez, but this is an old, it's the oldest team in the league. And old teams, the injuries last longer. So I feel like Boston, win or lose, could look the exact same next year. Um, a lot of these teams, Sacramento doesn't have a lot of moves to make. Either does Phoenix. But when you look at Milwaukee, they've got to get younger and more athletic because old guys that get hurt are out longer. Yeah. And I just feel like this is kind of the last run of this group. It's a really good group, but they're creaky. They're yeah. old. I hear the Knicks are having a watch party for this game. Knicks fans on 7th <laughs> Avenue tonight, hoping that the Heat pulled us off. You know, I, I started to look into it last night. Knicks won three or four from the Heat during the regular season. It's a good matchup. It's round. Somehow. We don't know. We don't know yet. Uh, next up, Colin, let's get to the Knicks. Um, you know, we were both very excited for this series. I think you liked the... No, I liked the Cavs. Cavs. I thought right, they had right, more right. shot makers. And... Look, Listen, there's a lot to get into here, but bottom line, Cavs are down 3-1. Knicks won both games at MSG this weekend. Jalen Brunson remains unstoppable. I mean, Mark Cuban's got to be like losing sleep over this. Well, he's how all, badly he butchered the Jalen well, Brunson. Well, he's a less skilled De'Aaron Fox, where it's great to know for the next five or six years you've got your quarterback. I mean, it's Jalen Brunson. He's a pro. He and gets he, to his spots. It also plays with the right tempo, never rattle. He's a classic Villanova guy. He, oh, yeah. Second round pick, works his butt off, very smart, knows the game. You know, you play at Villanova, you, they demand you play defense. There's no squirrely guys out of Villanova. They don't always have the most talented guys. They're all rock solid. And that's what the Knicks need. They don't need flash. They had flash. They need a rock solid quarterback to run their franchise and surround him. Hell, Randall's not even delivering because he's still banged up. Well, also, Mobley is uh, Mobley the young kid. He's tw- I think he's 21. He's really locking down Randall. I have the numbers here. Randall at home in the last two games, 6 of 25 shooting. Yeah. Essentially benched down the stretch by Thibodeau, and it didn't matter. Uh, R.J. Barrett had an incredible game. He had 26. Um, I do want to quickly point out, this is the second straight postseason Brunson has matched up with Donovan Mitchell. Remember last year, uh, Dallas yeah. versus Utah. Brunson outplayed him then, and Brunson's outplaying him now, head-to-head. Colin, I-, I know you're saying, like, Brunson, you know, we like him. Donovan Mitchell was an All NBA player this no, season. No, I know. Jalen no. Brunson now head to head two straight postseasons. Well, has got the better of Mitchell. And also, what the series has become is the Knicks have seized control physically, so they're discombobulating Cleveland's offense. By the way, Cleveland's young. We've said this. I watched Cleveland play the Celtics twice this year, and I was like, man, they're twitchy. They match up well. 
this has this has been the only surprise in the first round. It's gone the opposite of what I thought, and I I thought Cleveland would get baskets. Cleveland can't get to 100 points. They are yeah. struggling. I saw a stat they were 23 and one when holding the opponent under 100, and the Knicks' offense is not dominant. No, the Cavs just can't do anything. And- and gen- generally, if you're getting pushed around in a series and you're taken out of your kind of system or pick and rolls, it's hard to correct that. Yeah. Like fundamentally, the Knicks' length, size, toughness is just a problem so in this series. I pointed this out on my podcast. Three teams made big swings in the offseason. Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs, DeJounta Murray to the Hawks, and um, Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves. All three are down 3-1 and about to get bounced in the first, in round. The first round. Kind of a letdown. Uh, final story, Michigan Panthers. On top of the USFL North Division, thanks to a win over the Philadelphia Stars, running back Reggie Corbin had 131 yards and two scores in the 24-10 win. Didn't get a lot of carries before exploding in the second half. In the first half, he was caught pleading his case to his coaches on the sideline. Hey, tell him, give me the ball, let me kill him. (laughs) No, I'm serious. All right, come on, let's go. Let's, Let's put him down. We playing with him, let's go. I love that accent. Uh, uh, Reggie Corbett sounds like me to the producers during the commercial break. Get me the rock, Cowherd. Come on. Let me dominate. <laughs> J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. So there was a, a really weird moment at the end of the Warriors game where Steph Curry called a timeout. They didn't have one. It's a blunder. It becomes a big break for Sacramento because it looked like Golden State was going to put it away. Steph rarely gets rattled. But in a season full of obstacles for the Warriors and strangeness, just add another moment. Listen, all the great teams overcome. That's the difference. Kobe and Shaq, Phil Jackson had to overcome their personality conflicts. Dennis Rodman, 98 finals. MJ and Pippen had to go to a hotel room in Vegas to get him out. Uh, LeBron and Kyrie in Cleveland, last couple of trips to the finals, they weren't getting along. You know, the Warriors fell apart physically a little bit this year. Uh, Clay isn't the player he used to be. You got Steph's blunder. You've got the punch. You got Draymond Green being, uh, you know, ejected and Draymond Green suspended for a game. This is what great teams do. They overcome. If you look at the Warriors championship, uh, most of the time they've overcome it. But a few years ago, like 2018, 2019 against Toronto, four of the starters got hurt. They couldn't overcome that. Uh, There was one year... Uh, everybody got hurt. Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt for LeBron in the finals. Matthew Dellavedova, LeBron. They couldn't overcome that. I don't know if they can overcome Sacramento, but I feel like this is what they did last year in the finals. They were down 2-1. to one. They go to Boston. If you remember, Robert Williams had basically taken the rim away, and I, I had picked Golden State to win, but after three games, I said, I think I made a mistake. And then game four, I think Steph Curry dropped like – 43, 44, something like that points. They seized control. They made adjustments. And I think they have to do that. I'm not sure if they're they're playing themselves. It looks like Golden State's playing a younger version of themselves. Uh, Sabonis is Draymond Green and Looney combined. You know, De'Aaron Fox is Steph. Harrison Barnes is Clay Thompson. Uh, I mean, they just have all the elements Sacramento does of a championship team. This is another element. In fact, if you go back and look at the Warriors in this dynasty, it's only been easy once. The first year with KD, 
Remember, they swept the Blazers. They swept uh, the Jazz. I mean, went 16-1. and one. They lost one game in the finals. That was the easy year. By the second year with KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, it wasn't easy. They were battling, fell behind in a series. So uh, I kind of just think the Steph moment, um, you know, it, a little bit of a brain fart. It happens here with Steph after. I knew we, I, I knew we challenged, but I didn't realize when we lost the challenge that we didn't have any timeouts left. Um, I know Coach mentioned um, he took the blame for it. As I ain't gonna lie, I thought it was the smartest play in the world. <laughs> Turned out not to be. I looked over at the bench and everybody was shaking their head. <clears throat> so it was an unfortunate situation in that respect, but good learning lesson. You know, as I watched the Warriors-Kings, the thing that really jumped out to me is, you know, John Wall had a lot of regular season games, and he was really, really great. But nobody talks about John Wall. He never did anything in the playoffs. Is that De'Aaron Fox has had hundreds of great regular season games, and it's pretty cool when you watch a Tyrese Maxey for Philadelphia, uh, who, who, though, is still a bit inconsistent, and you watch a De'Aaron Fox, and I got into this discussion yesterday with somebody, if, if all these point guards in the NBA – all the point guards in the NBA, who would you take for the next 10 years? And it, to me, would be De'Aaron Fox. I think there's a maturity. Uh, Jalen Brunson isn't nearly as talented as John Morant. But what you're seeing with Jalen Brunson and what you're seeing with De'Aaron Fox is a little bit of Steph Curry. They can play fast. They can play at times a little loose. But the point guard is the quarterback, and you've got to have self-awareness. You can't play on an island. Uh, Jalen Brunson's small but a willing defender. De'Aaron Fox isn't a great defender, but now with Mike Brown, he gives you an effort. Steph Curry, again, never been a great defender, but he gives you effort. Um, the maturity matters a lot. The Lakers are the more mature team. The reason Sacramento hasn't folded for being young, they're very, very mature. Cleveland appears to be not as mature. The Knicks have young players. Jalen Brunson appear to be mature. Uh, th this sport has always been two sports. Hockey and football, you have to play hard because there's a level of violence, regulated level of violence. You can just get hurt. Uh, in soccer, MLS, there's not that many games, so every game does feel big. But the NBA is a schloid. 82 regular season games. If you go through a couple of playoff series, you're into the hundreds. Guys are dropping seven, 8,000 calories per game. Uh, overnight travel. Uh, the NBA playoffs are a separate sport, and it completely engulfs young players that aren't mature. So what you're seeing with Sacramento and New York, De'Aaron Fox and Brunson, these are like franchise guys, and it's not just their game. They're not the most vertical. It's their ability to understand the moment, play with self-awareness, understand the tempo, set people up, at least give a defensive effort, even though you're probably undersized or not great in Jalen Brunson's case. But I think the stuff's been absolutely fascinating. I don't know if, I don't know if Golden State can win a road game. But I said that last year in the finals. I didn't know if they I didn't know if they could beat Boston on the road, and they eventually did. The Warriors have this weird ability that um, to just make really smart adjustments. You saw it yesterday. They put Draymond Green on De'Aaron Fox late. Just the kind of adjustment that made life a little more difficult for De'Aaron Fox. Nobody tweaks. You know, it's nobody tweaks as well as the Warriors in this sport. And they just did a couple of defensive tweaks. And that's what it took. They overcame the Steph blunder. That's what it took. Draymond on De'Aaron Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight on FS1, the star-studded one-two punch of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout lead the Angels against the A's. It all starts at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on FS1 and the Fox Sports app. Colin Wright, Colin Wrong, Top of next hour. So, <laughs> the betting markets are changing a little bit today. Um, as of right now, quarterback Will Levis 
has moved up as a betting favorite to the number two pick. He's the quarterback out of Kentucky, where initially I defended him, and then he came out with that bicep pick in his bathroom, which I hated. Um, here's the thing about Will Levis. There are three boxes that he gets an A in, and they're really important boxes. He's got a huge arm. He's got a high IQ, four-point student, great S2 score. Mom went to Yale. Uh, and he's also athletic. He can move around. So those are big boxes. Uh, his delivery is a little weird looking, and his judgment is concerning. A lot of picks, the bathroom selfie, I don't like that stuff. Maybe that's generational. I just sound old. But I think Will Levis is sort of the classic. He is whatever you talk yourself into. A lot of us make purchases, the sports car, the convertible, and you talk yourself into it. He is what you talk yourself into. If you're Indianapolis, you're the Colts. You've had Phillip Rivers, who was old and unathletic, and Matt Ryan, who plays old and is unathletic, and you look at him and you say to yourself, well, we're going to get a better arm and we're going to get an athlete and he's going to be inexpensive. Phillip and Matt Ryan weren't any of those three. You talk yourself into it. Will Levis also, and he deserves credit for this, he played in easily the best college football conference, the SEC. He had no all-SEC guys around him, and yet he won 17 games his last couple of years. It's very Eli Manning, who won a lot of games considering Eli wasn't playing with a lot of pro football players in the SEC. So there's a lot of comps here. I'm not saying he's Eli. He's got a better arm than Eli. He's a better athlete than Eli. Both are smart. Uh, Eli, I think... You know, Eli, for the record, threw a lot of picks in his career. So, and that's that's not the comp. But, you know, if you're Indianapolis and you squint hard enough and you're Jim Ursay, the owner, when's the last quarterback you loved? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was smart. Andrew Luck was an athlete. Andrew Luck threw some interceptions that drove people crazy. Andrew Luck had a very good arm. There's a, no, I'm not saying he's Andrew Luck, but it, he is whatever you want to make him. And you've gone through this thing in Indianapolis where you've had old, expensive, unathletic quarterbacks. And he has got a lot. Will Levis has a lot of Andrew Luck. Brain power, nice arm, can move, uh, and not going to cost you anything for a few years. So I, there, there's part of that for Indianapolis I totally get. And I think all four of these quarterbacks in the first round um, worry me. They've all got a major issue. I love Bryce Young. He's too small. Anthony Richardson is too raw. C.J. Stroud, bad S2 score, and I don't see the juice. Ohio State quarterbacks, you know, they're throwing to five-star receivers. A lot of pre-designed routes. Uh, and then you got Will Levis, and his judgment is wonky. I talked to two NFL executives last week, and they just don't like his judgment. Even when he had time to throw, he made really bad decisions. Some guys, he tends to play. Will Levis does something that I think Drew Locke does this, and it drives – it's, it's a real non-starter for me. He plays very casually. You got to protect the football. Like you can be loose, a little loose like Mahomes, but he plays with urgency. He's not playing backyard seven-on-seven seven football. Mahomes plays with urgency. So does Aaron Rodgers. They can be a little loose in their style. Aaron's thrown off the back foot, and uh, Mahomes is throwing with his left hand or a sidearm. They can be sort of loose, but they're never casual. Aaron never just chucks it up there, Sometimes Will Levis does that. He, he's got this sort of, he doesn't understand quite how urgent the moment is. And fewer turnovers in the NFL when like 70% of the games. 
And Drew Locke came out. Drew Locke was a smart kid who had a big arm from the SEC. So I worry about that. But I think you can talk yourself into whatever you want Will Levis to be. And I could see Indianapolis looking at Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan and then looking at the last quarterback they loved, Andrew Luck, and saying, I see a lot of Andrew Luck, smart, arm, mobile, and not expensive for three years. I can see it. But trading up for that? I mean, basically a 500 quarterback who, uh, what's his name? Joe Klatt said here last week and said he couldn't beat out the quarterback at Penn State. Well, Clifford. Joe Burrow transferred. Well, yeah, Joe Burrow transferred and then won a national championship with like the greatest offense well, in the history well, of the sport. It's, it's also LSU. LSU okay. and Kentucky. Well, the, first year, school. the first year at LSU, Burrow was okay. It was like, what, 16 touchdowns, 14 He picks. was Will Levis. He was okay. And then it's LSU and Jamar Chase. LSU is a football factory. Kentucky's a basketball school. So Will Levis didn't play with nearly as much as Joe Burrow. Do you think? What are the odds uh, you think Ballard trades up to two well, from four to get Will Levis? I think he'll consider it. <sighs> I'm just telling you, Jimmer say, what have they had recently? Old, expensive, unathletic. When was the last time they were relevant? Young, athletic, yeah. smart okay. arm. Like, there's a lot of will left if you're indie. So, if you think you need to trade up for him, tell me, why is Houston or Arizona taking him? And what other team out there could trade up to steal Will well, Levis, I, the I, immortal Will Levis? I me? think both Arizona and Houston have defensive coaches. And they need to rebuild their rosters. So, the truth is, I think both would take the phone call in a second. Listen, I was told Houston, Carolina made an offer to Houston and Arizona. And both would have taken it. Carolina wanted, um, was willing to give up DJ Moore so they could choose the quarterback they like. So when Carolina did that, remember this. So when Carolina moved up to one and gave up DJ Moore, because I don't think Houston and Arizona, they could have made the trade without giving up DJ Moore. The minute they moved to number one, I was told that's when Carolina had to give up DJ Moore. Why? Was Carolina telling you there's only one quarterback we really like? So that's the concern on Will Levis is that DJ Moore is an elite vertical NFL receiver and been in this league for years and productive with wonky quarterbacks in Carolina. And they were willing to give him up in Carolina telling you Frank Reich looks, you know, Frank mm. knows quarterback saying this is the guy I want Bryce Young. So it doesn't smell to you like Houston is just bluffing the Colts with like, if you play Texas Hold'em, a 2-9 offsuit, one of the weakest hands possible. Right. Hey, you better trade up and come get Will Levis or we're taking him at two. There, I, I see 0% chance. I, I can absolutely see D'Amico Ryan saying, okay, move up, but we won't crush you on draft capital. Let me look at your defensive roster. Because Houston's made a lot of very savvy moves. I think Houston's had a very good offseason. They've gotten a lot of secondary guys that help your team, like a number two back, a number two corner. And I can see D'Amico Ryan saying, hey, we don't want all draft picks here. We don't all want right. to be too young. Let's get – go look at the Colts' defensive roster. You okay. give us a defensive piece. Here are their best players going to pro football focus, essentially. DeForest Buckner on the defensive line. They're not giving him up. They're not giving him up. Right. After that, it's a bunch of Shaq Leonard, um, Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is not a bad Quiddy corner. Pay, who we haven't really seen. He was a pick out of Michigan. Um Honestly, Colin, there's not a lot on his defense at all. This is well, if you want a, a bad Colts team, you want a quarterback. Remember, remember, uh, Jim Irsay has flushed a lot of people out. Chris Ballard doesn't have four years here. Chris Ballard, you got to get his quarterback right. You're not winning anything in the AFC without a quarterback. Yeah. If I'm Ballard, I sit there and say nobody's taking Will Levis. He's falling to us. We got. Remember last week it was C.J. Stroud in Houston, and now all of a sudden it's Will Levis. 
Like, Houston's playing this pretty well, which is surprising because they've been a disaster of a franchise. By the for, way, like, the last Joel Klatt, college voice for Fox Sports, had uh, some concerns about Will Levis last week when we had him on. Two guys that I think could fall. Will Levis, which we have falling here, right? And, and I don't think he's in the top 16. We don't have him in our 16. I think it's very easy to go through 16 picks and be like, yeah, I don't see Will Levis. Decision-making issues and then just straight turnovers, right? And those can follow you. Remember Jameis Winston? He had a lot of turnovers at Florida State. Those kind of followed him in, into the NFL. Will couldn't beat out Sean Clifford, who's also in this draft, and we're not talking about him. Yeah, that's an interesting point. A lot of people are knocking Will Levis because he couldn't beat out, you know, a non-elite quarterback. But remember, Joe Burrow, think how good Joe Burrow is. Okay, Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback on the planet this morning. Couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins, R.J. Barrett, where I think were the two guys. Now, you could say to yourself, well, J.T. Barrett, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, Nick's JT Barrett. Uh, and JT Barrett was a very nice college quarterback. I must have watched 30 of his starts. Like, I, I thought he was a great, great, great player. A good player, college player. Dwayne Haskins was this big, big pocket quarterback. But Joe Burrow's the second best quarterback on the planet and couldn't beat him out. Never forget, North Carolina State moved off Russell Wilson for Mike Glennon. Sometimes you have a college coach, they are very close to a recruit's family. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into, I mean, Kyler Murray, uh, Jalen Hurts left Alabama to Oklahoma, and now he was almost an MVP last year. So it's weird when a guy has to, to um, transfer. There's a lot of reasons. Um, you know, Urban Meyer could have just been all in on Dwayne Haskins with his family, and he just didn't feel comfortable saying, hey, Joe, uh, we're going we're gonna to move you in the depth chart. I don't know the situation at Ohio State. I don't follow their backup quarterbacks. But my, my takeaway is just because you transfer doesn't mean you don't have talent. It happens all the time. Coaches move and quarterbacks move. And there's been a lot of quarterbacks over my lifetime that end somewhere, that don't start somewhere. Mike Glennon replaced Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson went to Wisconsin because his coach said, "Nah, I'm over the running around stuff. I want a pocket guy. That's a mistake. Yeah. So Just, that, could have been a, that could have been a mistake by Penn State. Yeah. For the record, Dwayne Haskins um, kind of thrived. 50 touchdown passes once he became the starter and uh, was a first-round pick of the Washington. I'm not – Yeah, but Joe Burrow's the second-best quarterback in the world. Now he is. At the time yeah, – That's another point. Some people are late bloomers physically. Fair. Remember, girls tend to mature early. Like, a girl can be offered a college scholarship at 12, 13 years old, right? Like, they, boys don't. I, had a, I grew seven inches between my junior and senior summer. Like, boys have different growth spurts. Some mature – boys tend to mature later than girls do. So, you do see a lot of kids, a lot of young boys at 19, 20, they finally grow up. We see this all the time. Girls mature more fast. They grow up physically faster. Uh, and so – I just I don't want to bang on a kid that he has to transfer or is a late bloomer. There's just a lot of those in life and a lot of those in sports. And Will Levis may have just been a little bit of a late bloomer. That's okay. So I know we're not interviewing the quarterbacks and we're not in the room with them watching them break down stuff on a whiteboard. But who are you more bullish on as a prospect, Stroud or Levis? Going no, currently? I think Will Levis has a better arm and his S two score is in Bryce Young's S two score like. Cognitively an arm. If I had to pick a second, it would be Will Levis. If I had to. I think it's Bryce Young than everybody else. But, but I think a big Will, space. Yeah, anyway. but I think Will Levis gives me the brain power, huge arm, and he's mobile enough. You know, I don't love his judgment. It's the herd.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.